welcome to The Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss Jane Austen adaptations, now covering Sanditon. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. And I'm Jillian Davis. We're proud partners of the Frolic Podcast Network, a community made up of your favorite voices in all of Romancelandia and beyond. Keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at The Pemberley, and email us any questions at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Hey everyone, you may have noticed we have a new addition to our intro. We're now part of the Frolic Podcast Network, which is a community made up of your favorite voices in all of Romancelandia. If you're into romance fiction of any flavor, they have everything for you, from book club style discussions to author interviews, comedy, critique, and fantastic conversations. As huge Jane Austen nerds, we feel right at home in this network, which celebrates all things romance. Find new shows to add to your podcast subscriptions at frolic.media slash podcasts. Now, on to the show. Welcome back, everybody, to another exciting and riveting episode of the Pemberley Podcast. Excited to dive into episode two of Sanditon this week. Something we forgot to mention, I, that I don't think you know, Jillian, Theo James, who plays Sidney Parker in the Sanditon, is actually an executive producer of this series, too. Oh! Yeah. Okay, well, that's interesting. That's good for him. Is it safe to assume Theo James is, like, our big star in this series? Like, he's the celebrity? Yeah, I mean, there's other, like... The cast itself is mainly people who have been in lots of other, like, UK series and movies that I haven't seen. <laughs> but they've been around. They've been, been like, around. good and practiced actors. Oh, yes, definitely. I can only really relate Tom Parker to his role in Love Actually, who was he in Love Actually? He was the guy in Love Actually who was like, I need to go to America. <gasps> oh my, he's the one with the backpack full of condoms. Yes. <laughs> I re- oh my gosh, he's grown up. He was like, I need to go. Girls will think I'm cute there. He's like, they <laughs> love the accent. And like, he does. He goes to a bar in like Michigan. Yeah. And gets laid. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's so great. Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah. he's so much more mature. I know. I but like... it's just like, I can only see him saying like, I got to go. I have to go to Cleveland. Where does he go? Not Cleveland or what is? It's like not someplace glamorous. It's like <laughs> Milwaukee. A Milwaukee. Milwaukee. So I'm sorry. It wasn't um, Michigan. Michigan. It was Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The most random possible town to pick. That's hilarious. And now he just he came back to the UK and he wanted to start a town. So Theo James is most popular from the Divergent series. Yeah, he plays four. The plays like, four. Really intense, like hot guy who tries to break Shailene Woodley down, but like <laughs> she doesn't have it, and she like overcomes, and they fall in love. Some interesting parallels there, actually. I think he's is a type. <laughs> he plays a type. He plays this uh, mean, mean, attractive man. man. <laughs> this mean, brooding man who's just like, you're never gonna make it here. And then the girl's like, watch me! And then she does. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, oh, yeah. I was wrong. Maybe I shouldn't have been such a douche. <laughs> Um, but he too has grown up and now he's bringing business to Sanditon. Yeah, exactly. But I guess we can just dive right into episode two. Yeah, so episode two, Lady Denham plans an elaborate luncheon to welcome the wealthy West Indian heiress, Miss Lamb. Ooh. And that luncheon is really the main plot point of this episode. And it's <clears throat> not really to welcome her. Once she hears that she has a fortune of a hundred thousand pounds, she's like, Edward... Yeah, I found your next why. Yeah, she's really, really keen on having them get together and really 
using that language of like edward hunt her down and yeah. like, get her like you need and like it's a, the interesting sort of reversal because t- typically we've seen women going after these wealthy men and yeah. now we see this very wealthy woman encouraging her nephew to go after this wealthy woman no you're right because i feel like oftentimes they know in society that the man is supposed to do the asking and the court it like so he's right. got to be the one going for it but it's all a pretense because it's really yes. like kind of that moment of just like when you see a guy you want and you like drop your handkerchief and he that's your bit like pick it up idiot like <laughs> talk to me yeah i just always think of that scene in pride and prejudice when is it um lydia lydia tries to do it but she just throws it into a whole crowd walking by and it gets trampled by the militia <laughs> yes, yeah and that's hilarious it's like what were you what result were you trying for here she's Anyways. young she's still learning yeah the other thing that's like important to mention about like society so like miss lamb is 19 from what i gather from watching tv and movies i don't think there was like an age you know like here in america you're an adult when you turn 18 like everybody's a grown-up when they're 18 mm-hmm. back then i think if you were wealthy your parents chose what age you like came of age and like could come into your fortune and you didn't need permission to get married anymore right i think they mentioned how what that age is and it's something like 25 so like she won't come of age for another or maybe 21 so she won't come of like 25 seems a little old i mean that's sort of what they did to like keep you in their control for as long as they could okay because up until that point if she wants to get like it's not like she can't get married but if she wants to she needs her guardian's permission okay i see i see yeah yeah, yeah. so it's not the same as it's like that's the drink age right yes no it's more just like when you can come into your money god and so she's like basically sydney hates his job because he's stuck (laughs) babysitting this unhappy heiress for years like another few years yeah and so he's trying to like help his brother and he's like trying to be a good, I think he's trying to be a good guardian, but I think he just hates his job. Yeah. <laughs> we are dealing with the aftermath of uh, Charlotte getting scolded. Scolded. She's publicly. just like, I don't know, I'm going to go swim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to swim out all my thoughts. They all go to church. So they all see each other again after a long night at this ball. They're literally there Sunday morning, next Bright day, and <laughs> bright and early, and having to deal with this sermon that's just like all the women are flowers just waiting to be plucked and we have some exotic ones and he (sighs) looks at miss lamb and we're like this guy what are you doing stop being the worst (laughs) and then i think he even he realizes like i should stop talking (laughs) he's like anyways (laughs) yeah yeah then we stop after church we stop in on esther and edward who Mm -hmm. are adoptive siblings of some kind like we don't it's not i feel like it's not really explained but they're they're step they're step siblings isn't really that's the only explanation we ever get that's true so but what we find in this next scene is it's kind of a cruel intentions very situation so so it's a very Catherine and sebastian relationship where like their parents were married or something but now it's just them they're on their own and they're like poor wealthy poor it's really dependent on Lady Denim's will of whether or not they're going to continue being rich yes. <laughs> after she passes. Yep. We see a very intimate scene where Esther asks Edward to brush her hair. Mm-hmm. And it's quite sensual. And so we get our first tip off like, Oh, because it's interesting. There's, in the last episode, yeah. we saw that Edward was kind of a player. He was like getting hand jobs in the woods by Clara. He was hitting on Catherine. Like he just kind of like hits on anything that moves. There's always like these little moments that we get. I mean, even in the last episode, there's a moment where like she drops something and then he goes to like help her pick it up. But like he kind of lingers by her neck too. Mm. And so like there's like these 
glimpses of intimacy we get and we're like, what's going on between these two? Something up here. We kind of get their full plan, really, is because they're discussing their plan was to actually disgrace Clara. Like, the reason that Edward and Clara were out in the woods together was that he was actually going to make some kind of move onto Clara and disgrace her in the eyes of Lady Denham so that they fully get the inheritance. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of scheming, a lot of plotting, a lot of evilness happening between these three. Yeah, I'm entertained. (laughs) Yeah. But then we get the truth of what happened. Yeah. Because remember also, Edward told Charlotte, she was in distress and I helped her. And then Clara was like, no, he took advantage of me. Mm -hmm. So now I feel like we're in a place of honesty because Esther and Edward are very open with each other. And she's like, so you were supposed to disgrace Clara. What happened? She proved too much for me, Esther. She resisted you. That's only to be expected. You should have pressed your point her. She preempted me. How? She took me in hand. And quite undid me. Edward. I was as shocked as you. And she's no novice, I can assure you of that. It seems like he was going to make a move. She saw what was going to happen and like jumped in first and made the move instead. So instead of him even thinking of like disgracing her, she was like, no, I'm going to block this off, protect myself in the way I know how to, or that she has to, really. Yeah, yeah. no, I thought it was a very good move on her part where she's like, or I'll just do this thing that, like, no one could find out about and you know that I know what's up. Because otherwise, like, are men disgraced too? No, they're not. (laughs) I was going to say. Because this is a very misogynistic (laughs) world. So, like, no, I mean... I think when she came on to him, mm-hmm. it wasn't about disgracing him. No. I think it was more about letting him, like, showing him some of her cards. Yeah. And saying, oh, like, yeah, yeah. Don't bother. I'm not, like, some shrinking violet that you're going to disgrace. We learn that she comes from a pretty scrappy, pretty poor background. Mm-hmm. So I think this is her way of showing I've got nothing to lose. I'm winning this fortune. And I'm not going to let you disgrace. Like, I'm not going to be absentmindedly seduced by you. Right. I think it shows definitely through their conversation, we kind of get more insight into Clara then of like what she's willing to do then to like really hold on to being in Lady Denham's good good favor and good fortune, you know, and getting all that inheritance. So she's not someone who's going to go down easy. She's not someone who's just going to like, oh, hopefully I'll get, no, she's going to fight for the fortune and fight for her part of what she thinks she deserves. So a big part of this episode is this luncheon that Lady Denim is going to be throwing in honor of Miss Lamb. But really the purpose, as we mentioned, is to get Edward and Miss Lamb in the same room together. And the main attraction of this luncheon is going to be a pineapple. This grand pineapple that they had shipped in and is going to be like, the it's the tasting of this pineapple at the luncheon. And I think this pineapple, I mean, like in general, pineapples were a symbol of wealth and prosperity because they only only grew in the Bahamas and the Caribbean and stuff like that. So if you had it, it meant you had the money to like personally ship it to your house. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it also kind of like is a symbol of the spectacle that they're making of Miss Lamb of just like, right. look at this exotic thing that's at my house and look at what like she's something or prize. Yeah. And it's yeah, just yeah. like they don't get it. Edward doesn't seem too eager to like go after Miss Lamb, but she's just Lady Denim's like, do this or you're not going to get anything, <laughs> any yeah. of my money. And then he was like, oh, she's kind of hot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, like, I could do it. Yes, I could do that. All right. He has like no shame. So in this next part, we meet a new character. Charlotte sees Tom Parker. He's kind of like going around in his office. And we actually find out Charlotte is very savvy at so many things. 
like he's kind of sorting through his finances and she's like oh i could help put all those receipts together and he's like piles (laughs) you know you can create like little categories for these things that make it easier to track and he's like oh good idea genius and then she sees the model of sanditon and like this is now where we get sort of the grand plan of what tom parker is really hoping for for sanditon is like to really build out this town and make it this grand place to be at and he's like why don't we go see like it's under construction let's go see it and check it out and this is where we meet young stringer a young young (laughs) attractive man who is uh, a working man at the construction site he, I feel like he's one of the form. He's like Tom or Tom's foreman at yes. the construction site. Yeah, like yeah. He does some work, but he mostly oversees the men. Mm-hmm. And so, what's interesting? It's funny because when we first meet him, I did. He did not immediately strike me as like a romantic option. No, for Charlotte. it's not. It's like there's no grand introduction. We don't actually see them meet each other. It's sort of like they're already talking. Mm-hmm. There's not that like moment for us to really latch onto to be like, oh, should we be thinking about this as a love triangle? Like, yeah, no, we don't get that. What I like about him and what I think is sort of like a common theme that we see grow throughout the series is like he's the complete opposite of Sidney Parker yes. he's not upper class he's working class but he's also very jovial and kind and open and he's a good listener and <laughs> you know they like talking he listens and like he, he's like very likable even though Sidney has fans I feel like to us he's not immediately likable Right. and there's like a couple of events that are going to happen throughout the series where it's like male competition and so it's it's always like the upper class guys versus the working class guys. Yeah. So we do kind of see Sydney and Stringer at odds with each other. And I also like to, I mean, Charlotte saying anything in front of Sydney, he's like, don't say words to me. Ew. Like, ew. <laughs> Young uh, Stringer is really someone who's like, really impressed by Charlotte because she is like talking about architecture and construction and the materials and yeah. she knows what she's talking about and so yeah. he's impressed by her and and appreciates that like she's actually into like learning this stuff but kind of during this moment is when Sydney and his little posse stop by his the rich bachelors that yes. lured from London including Babington and mm-hmm. Crow Crow mm-hmm. I don't like him whatever he's, <laughs> he's kind of whatever not a great guy Babington, on the other hand, we'll get to know him a little more, but he seems... He's uh, all right. He's good. He seems like a cool guy. And this is where Thomas finds out that Sydney's actually planning to leave back to London and his friends would go with him, obviously. And this is right before this big luncheon that's going to happen. But he wants them to really stay as long as possible because I think just having more people of status in this town is going to hopefully bring in more people of status. Mm-hmm. So, And I think the bigger thing here is like, it's not like Sydney wants to leave. Like Sydney's whole job is to bring people from London to Sanditon. And mm-hmm. I basically, I think the discussion that they have during construction is like the guys want to leave because there's nothing here for them you know you go to a fashionable town and you want entertainment and you like expect to go to certain like dances and eating and other activities and he's like they're bored here there's nothing like (laughs) the town is still being built like the town is not currently the vision that you have for it so i can't force them to stay really like what was thomas thinking (laughs) in launching a town before it's still i mean it's still in progress it's still being built Mm -hmm. i mean it's like as if you opened a mall and like you can't 75 percent of it is still under construction yeah like there's only like a forever 21 or something you know (laughs) that's the only thing i can go to here so it's understandable why people would like not want to stick around sure but there is that tension between them where he's like sydney it's your job to bring people here and sydney's kind of like well i did my part but like 
you didn't give them something to do here, so I can't force them to yeah, stay. Yeah, you can only be so entertained by bathing machines. Yeah, and then you, like, go swimming once, and you're like, oh, I get that it. was fun. Yeah. But there's, there's not- no, like, girls there. Well, Babington takes an interest in Esther. Mm-hmm. But now that we know about the more intimate nature of her relationship with Edward, we kind of see... She reminds me very much of Caroline Bingley. First of all, she also has red hair. hair. (laughs) Um, But she's, you know, very cold, very distant, very uptight. And so, like, she comes off as pretty unlikable. I'm, like, quite surprised to see that Babington, who is another, like, jovial, happy, funny young man, is like, oh my god, her. Her. (laughs) I want her. And then this goes on for a couple episodes where he, like, tries to show interest in her she shows no interest in him. And yeah. he's like, that's what I like about her. I mean, that's interesting because, I mean, women are typically, like, trying to show interest in him. And and she is someone so different who's just like, I have zero interest in you ever even looking at me. And he's like, mm. I love that. <laughs> it, it, like, in a way, she's kind of treating him the way Sydney is treating Charlotte. Yeah. Where she's just like, are you talking to me? Are you, like... <laughs> breathing my air like she does not care and he's like oh i love that in a woman <laughs> i love being <laughs> like i mean yeah. you, you man yeah yeah in a way there's like another option for her but i think it's important to bring this up because we don't immediately see her as a romantic lead no but that's because she's closed herself off to be only with her brother like mm-hmm. she feels comfortable her with step him brother her stepbrother she feels comfortable with him safe with him she thinks it's them against the world yeah and we're gonna see how that plays out because he does definitely gets around oh, yeah. in a way that she just doesn't because she like she doesn't have that option because she's a woman but i think she also has told herself that she wants him and she'll do anything for him yeah, yeah including yeah. turning down like actual rich guys who are interested in her mm-hmm. before we get to the luncheon at the work site this is the first time that charlotte and sydney have talked since their last encounter there was kind of at the beginning of the episode too a moment where like they were both walking alongside the same street and he just like looked the other way he completely ignored her mm-hmm. Charlotte sees this as her chance to like go up and apologize, you know, just kind of clear the air a little bit. She's someone who's like owning her mistakes. She's like, you know what? I offended you. I shouldn't have spoken in that way. I hope you don't think too badly of me. And Sydney, again, just awful, is like, I don't think of you at all, Miss Hayward. I have no interest in your approval or disapproval, quite simply. I don't care what you think or how you feel. I'm sorry if that disappoints you, but there it is. Oh my, I hated him in that moment because you're right, she was very sweet and she was like, I'm really sorry if I, like, for speaking out of turn. And he's like, I never think about you. You're nothing to me. No, you're like less than awful. dirt to me. And I'm just like, this could have been another moment where like that gut punch to her. She could have started crying and she could have run away. But instead, Charlotte held strong into that moment and was like, interesting that you decide to keep tearing me down if you don't think anything of me. Like, why do you even care so much that, like, you're so interested in, like, insulting me all the time? And that catches him off guard. Yeah. And that's a moment where he's like, well, uh. Uh, And then something happens. Yeah. There's a thing over here. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, she's someone who isn't going to just, she, she, She's not as naive as we think she is, yeah. you know. She had a moment, but she very quickly jumped back and learned from it. And it was like, you know what? I'm, that's not going to happen to me again. I don't want to feel that way again. And she chooses to not. I can see her thin, her skin being thicker here. You know, yeah. like he comes at her again with like, you're nothing 
to me and she's like, your words don't match your actions. Yeah. We've got that newfound tension going into lunch. Oh, also. <laughs> we missed something huge. I mean, Sydney is just fighting. There's a random scene where Sydney's fighting. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, like literally like underground. Yeah, underground. There's no like, windows, fighting. shirts versus skins kind of thing. It's like punching weird. a guy. Yeah. I don't know why. No reason. Just, <laughs> Maybe there's no sports. So they just well, got to fight it out. Maybe the point is because like, remember what I mentioned earlier about like the working class guys versus like the rich boys. Right. Maybe it's to show that like, like he's Sydney's, proving himself or something. He, he's in shape. He's yeah. not like one of these like high class guys that like or have like noodle arms because they do no physical like <laughs> right. he does physical labor but yeah. like for he fights you know yeah he's so tough they show that too because um miss lambs i guess i don't know her lady in waiting or what would you call her like like her, like her adult nanny like, yeah i, I think he's basically like i can't raise a young lady so i'm gonna hire this woman yeah to, like there's another yeah another woman comes in and she's like you gotta come to the house because miss lamb is refusing to leave her room refusing to go to this luncheon that is especially Especially for her. And so she is late to her own luncheon. She doesn't care. She's like, yeah, it's I'm going to be late, but they're not going to start without me either. I mean, yeah. And she's just like, people just treat her so badly. She's like, I'm in no mood to impress these people because they are always rude to me. And yeah, like she knows before it starts that it's going to end poorly because of what it is. And it is a quite of a tense, uncomfortable scene. It's the weirdest thing. Not yeah. a fun luncheon. Not even a little bit. No one has a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Lady Denim is like, go, Edward. Go get your woman. So we see kind of a few different things play out. We see Esther and Clara. Esther now knows the situation of what actually happened in the woods too. So they have a tense moment. Mm-hmm. Lady Denim has brought this pineapple, but Georgiana's like, funny that you think that's from Antigua. Yeah. <laughs> But Lady Denim's still like, no, no, I'm doing a nice thing. This is in your honor. It's really just, it just so we see like different dynamics all coming together under this weird circumstance of like, Miss Lamb doesn't want to be there. This isn't the best situation either. So it's just an uncomfortable place for all of them. <laughs> I do love that. And they call her Gigi, but Gigi is seated next to Edward. And he's like, oh, I'm so glad I'm sitting next to you. And she's like, why? (laughs) And he's like, well, because you're great. And she's like, "Mm, why? (laughs) And she calls him out. She's like, so you're after my money, right? He has nothing to say. Because he doesn't know her. Yeah. He can't act like he's seen something in her. I know. He's never met her before. Exactly. So she is fully aware of everything that's happening around her, like the circus that's happening around her to really impress her because of the money she has. Like it was really like the moment they found out, oh, she's got this inheritance. We got to bring her in and we got to like be friends with her. Yeah. And then, so we get into a whole conversation about marriage and like yes. the women's uh, ambition of marriage. Yeah. And that's where it's just like a hard left because... Just a rough conversation. Really rough. Because Lady Denim at first is like, hey, Charlotte, you're like trying here to find a rich husband, right? And she's she's like, like, I told you no. (laughs) And she's like, so you're lying and you're trying to get a rich husband, right? Right? And she's just like, no, no, no. Like, I promise I'm not thinking about that. I'm just like here to enjoy myself. And then Lady Denim just kind of goes into like the ambition that like women have to put into it. Yeah. And then she brings up to Miss Lamb. She's like, yeah, like your mother. The conversation around that is like the Pride and Prejudice line of like, you're a rich woman. You must be 
in want of a husband. Yeah. And she's like, no, I have no interest in being anyone's property. Yeah. And that's where Lady Denim's like, I thought you'd be used to something like that because yeah. your mother was a slave that's and right. she was someone's property. And it's like this quiet, it's the entire room of like, did you really just say that? And you completely don't realize how incredibly racist that is. And why are you talking about slavery as if it's a good thing? Or like, <laughs> like not a big deal. Right. She's, she is so like just casual about it. And she's like, well, you know, your mother was one. And how lucky of her that she caught the eye of the guy, you know. The rich it's, man. You know, yeah. if it's, it's just an awful conversation. Georgiana rallies with like being used to something and liking it are not the same thing. Right. I think that was a really good and strong line. Yeah. And it's weird because, like, no one's really, like, coming to her defense. But then Lady Denim, I think, asks Charlotte something. And that's when Charlotte really stands up for Georgiana. Yeah. And there's this really great moment of, like, oh, great. This is someone who Georgiana can turn to as, like, an ally and someone maybe could even be friends with. And Mm -hmm. someone who, like, obviously from very different worlds and different situations and backgrounds, but someone who has that empathy and wants to like understand and help Miss Lamb feel comfortable here. And so I think in a very full room of people who like, again, being free with her opinions, Mm -hmm. spoke up and stood up for Miss Lamb. Should not a good marriage be based on mutual love and affection? Without equality of affection, marriage can become a kind of slavery. It makes me think of the speech from Little Women that Amy gives. Women have minds. Oh no, that one. Well, not that one. It's the one that Amy gives Laurie where she's like, I'm like, marriage is a business proposition. It's an Mm. economic proposition. Yeah. I, if I didn't want to get married, I would never be able to make enough money. There's no job that they would give a woman that is enough to Mm. completely support herself or her family. Yeah, yeah. And if I had children, they would be his, not mine. I am marrying rich, but not because I'm like some cruel, heartless woman. It's because this world has been designed for me to move up by marrying rich and I'm going to move up. Like that's kind of like, I feel like another movie that's great that like oh yeah ties this theme into like what marriage really is and so they're definitely like there always kind of was this separation of love and marriage because you rarely got the same thing you married some you did marry someone for their money for the status for the status yeah. and the title and yeah, the, yeah. everything and so i feel like charlotte and georgiana are saying it and people are trying to act like that's not what it is that like women are the like the only ones who really benefit from marriage you know mm-hmm. they would just be like lost souls without a husband mm-hmm after that, that's when Arthur decides to grab the pineapple. And, oh, and like, he's really, always drunk. Yes, he's always drinking. They had walked a long way and like drinking wine like water. So yeah. he just like cuts into this pineapple, opens it up, and it's just rotten to the core. There's maggots. It's oh, it's gross. Disgusting. Uh, so clearly, not only did this conversation really take a turn, this whole luncheon is a disaster. Yep. So not great. <laughs> well, and lady, it's funny, like I think of everything that went down at this luncheon, I think the rotten pineapple is the thing that embarrasses Lady Denim the oh, most yeah. that she bought. Like she's probably spent hundreds or maybe thousands of pounds on a rotten pineapple. That's gross. That was the thing too, where she said it was actually grown there. Like it wasn't like shipped in from somewhere but even then I mean, but that's that's even worse because it's not like you can blame it on the journey it's nope. like it's like she was tricked you know yeah, like she was like look so. at my pineapple and it's like not the delicious Ugh. exotic fruit that they thought it would be it's like actually disgusting and there's Gross. nothing in there so everyone's still reeling from this tornado garbage dumpster mm-hmm. fire of a luncheon she tells tom parker to stay 
behind for a bit because she's just really upset about this whole evening, about the pineapple, about everything about it. And she even threatens to be like, I'm going to take away my investment in this whole town. And that's, he's like, well, actually, you know what? <laughs> I'll, I'll do anything, I'll do anything. Yeah, yeah. And he kind of goes back home with that news too. And Charlotte's like, no, I'll go, I'll apologize. I don't know. Did she need to apologize? No, but she's apologizing because like she caused some stress on the Parkers. So she's going to help try to smooth things over. Mm-hmm. She goes, Lady Denim does not buy the apology. I mean, she's so. kind of, I feel like Charlotte's whole thing is she's like, I'm not sorry about what I'm, what I said, but I am sorry that I said it. Yeah. I, I think another thing, Charlotte's basically has the point of like, well, you're lucky because like you married rich. So like you don't have to think about these things right. anymore because you just, you have your money and you have your power. You don't need to to worry about what people think of you. And Lady Denim is like, I wasn't trying to be racist or anything or sexist. She's like, like, I like to provoke. I like to tease. I'm I like, know. oh, that's not the same thing at all. Nope. Uh, you were rude and awful. Hey everyone, popping in here to let you know about a Jane Austen themed online store perfect for any Austen addict. Northanger Soapworks is a delightful online shop that sells the most beautiful Jane Austen themed soap, salts, chapstick, and more. We'd love to give you all 10% off on their products by using the discount code PEMPOD10, that's spelled P-E-M-P-O-D-1-0, at checkout on northangersoapworks.com. And now, back to the show. So on Charlotte's Walk Home back from Lady Denim's, she comes across Miss Lamb. Actually, it's funny. Mm-hmm. I didn't know her name. I, th- I felt like I didn't know her name was Georgiana until this scene. Yeah. She was just Miss Lamb. Miss, Miss Lamb. Lamb. She comes across Georgiana sulking down yeah. a cliff. And actually, she's like down the cliff. So she Charlotte's really like, oh my God, are you okay? Yeah, because well, actually, she had just tried to get onto a carriage to London. But because she doesn't physically have any of her money, yeah. she couldn't pay for her way there. And she kind of got jostled around and pushed out. And so she had ran away. She was crying. And so this is the moment where Charlotte finds her she's been crying and like just wants to get out of this town out Um, of England really yeah I I think like she there's like a scene that she has later where she's like I hate this cold island this is I love this scene because this is where the two girls really become friends yeah we see the beginning of their friendship and it's someone now that I think Gigi feels like she can confide in Mm -hmm. and hopefully someone who will make being in this town more bearable too yeah because I think she's like not had any friends in society like and so no one like she's just a girl and no one's talking to her and so um charlotte sees her as a person and she's like hey wasn't and they've just like gone through the trauma of this luncheon together so she was like what the what was that am i right (laughs) (laughs) isn't everyone here like pretty awful well no and then charlotte's like not everyone here sucks yeah Um, there are some good people here and so they just sort of like take a walk along the shoreline and they see stringer (laughs) they see stringer i forgot about that who like barely says hi and like boy you can't you're not conveying your feelings it's <laughs> so funny you clearly already love this woman <laughs> yep. yep you're not showing it but yeah they go into the water they kind of wait in the water within their dresses yeah not in sea co- bathing costumes not in sea, no. they stand they were in bare feet oh my goodness their ankles were showing They're, they lifted their skirts they lifted their skirts into the water my goodness <laughs> no one is around and then bam out of nowhere miss griffith <laughs> a babysitter like yes. Miss Lamb's ba- adult babysitter yes her name's miss griffith and she's like with some other young women and we're like who are they <laughs> they remind me of like the two stepsisters from cinderella yeah where yeah, I'm just yeah. Like, you're just, just there and you're, you're doing just a bad around. job at everything but she is so angry she's like you're 
bare naked with your skirts up. I'm like, mm, okay. Mm. But they were having like this really nice moment, bonding, friendship, kicking water around. Yeah. It was nice while yeah. it lasted. And I feel like they both bond over like their dislike of Sydney Parker. Yeah. Because they're like, isn't he like the biggest douche in the world? And yeah. she's like, yeah. And like, he's my guardian. And she's yeah, like, she's like, oh my God, him. that's crazy. He scolded me. Yeah, he like <laughs> yells at me and hates everything that I do. Like, we have so much in common. Twins. Twins. <laughs> They, like, can start the Sydney Parker hating society. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then Charlotte's just gonna be like, <laughs> isn't it crazy that he's still single? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we're not. She's not there yet. No. She's still, like, I don't know what Charlotte thinks of him right now. But things change. Well, let's talk about <laughs> what happens a minute later. Yeah. So Charlotte's still walking along because, obviously, Miss Griffith has, like, taken Miss Lamb away. And, but Charlotte's still, like, free to do whatever she wants. Mm-hmm. She's walking along the water just picking up seashells innocently minding her own business not a naked person in sight (laughs) oh wait there is sydney parker where did he even come from he was fully submerged in the water because the first thing charlotte sees is just this pile of clothes just on these rocks and just like weird that someone just left their clothes here men's clothes and then you just hear like the water like rush up and someone like pops out from under the water and it is a very naked very naked sit and chiseled my god (laughs) we don't see everything because this is still pbs but we see what we want to see sydney parker appears from the water charlotte's just like has to register it for a moment and then turns around and she's like i'm so sorry i didn't know you were a person i don't know what's (laughs) happening and it's just like this awkward moment and he's just like okay calm down (laughs) he's like i get this a lot yeah Try just, not to lose your cool. He was just like, how long was he waiting down there? Did he see her? Yeah. But he's like, he's okay, like, she's alone now. My ward is gone. Pop out of the pop water. Pop out of the water. It's funny because I think about the fact that the man who wrote this scene is the same man who wrote the very, very famous scene of Mr. Darcy coming out of the water fully clothed. Yeah. And women worldwide swooned. And how this is like the next level. He gets <laughs> out. Like we don't see him dive in. No. But we see him come out fully without any clothes at all and charlotte's there to see it and she's like tongue-tied you yeah. know and she's like hi i was just doing like nothing i'm gonna be I'm gonna bye continue now continue doing nothing <laughs> yeah i'm just gonna leave runs away i'm actually gonna pull up this comparison shot because it's interesting that the uk actually got a different version of this episode what? and the u.s got a different version of this episode basically it's like how much did they punch in or crop out of Theo James. So this is censored, but I'm going to show you, Jillian. So this top image here is the PBS version, right? Uh-huh. And then this bottom image. Oh, they got butt in the UK. <laughs> they fully got Theo James's butt in the UK version. Well, so, you know what? It's not like it's public bro- It's broadcast television. It you can't put butts on broadcast television. It's interesting to see just the difference of how much they cropped in <laughs> <laughs> and what was the wide shot originally? I'm quite happy you brought this to my attention. I can, again, it's like censored, it's blocked, so I can link to this on yeah. the WordPress yeah. page. Yeah. And comparing it to, yes, the iconic Colin Firth coming out of the water scene, this is a whole other level to that. I wonder if they were like, Theo James, this is going to be your legacy. You're the <laughs> next Mr. Darcy. And you're like, how do we up <laughs> the I know. stakes? 
I'm just like, poor young Stringer. He doesn't have a chance. No. He gets, he keeps his clothes on the whole time. The whole time. He's so buttoned up. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that where we end the episode? That's literally that's where it. we end the episode. Always on these awkward moments between Sydney and Charlotte. I mean, literally that happens and then Charlotte runs away. She's just like, I don't know Bye. what's happening. She's always running into like these weird situations with well, Sydney. In her defense, she didn't like ask for this. Like, no. I kind of got why she was. It I mean, was, she it was harsh, but I got why she was getting yelled at at the end of episode yes. one. End of episode two, she didn't ask for this. No. Nope. She didn't want this. No. Nope. She was just minding her own business and Pick then, up. boom, naked man. <laughs> She's got to be careful on this seaside town. <laughs> I know. There's just nakedness. Left, Everywhere. Right. Left. Yeah. Right. He's also like not even a little bit embarrassed no, about this. No, not He's at all. just like, oh, he, hi there. I didn't see you. He keeps walking toward her. He's got no shame. That's how the episode ends. So they're in a very different but still precarious situation. Definitely. There was one comment on Reddit about around this episode that I'll go into. So Dag Nabbit says, I fear my patience with this series will be short-lived. Lady Denim wants her nephew to marry Miss Lamb, so she proceeds to insult her as publicly and deeply as she can. Overall, the directness in everyone's conversation seems less like Austin and more like Dynasty. Maybe Jane's 11 chapters really were rife with skinny-dipping men. <laughs> I mean, this is where we get some of the reception of, like, this isn't a typical Austin adaptation, and it's not. Well, in everyone's defense, there was, like, barely There's nothing any really to go off of. I yeah. mean, yeah. It was a first draft. It was 11 chapters. If you compare it to Andrew Davies' Pride and Prejudice, we see them kiss at the very end of the entire of this whole mini series mm-hmm. and this yeah we're getting a lot more than that <laughs> kind I'm, of early on but i'm into the creative liberty oh yeah definitely i think the drama is something new is something different and i'm really into it i'm not gonna sit here and be like that's not something jane austen would write well guess well, what she's an adaptation <laughs> and continuation because she literally she didn't finish it we so. don't know that she wasn't gonna put naked <laughs> men in her novel. <laughs> We, you know, maybe she was going to. She was like, you know what? This is it. This is the one where I go all out. <laughs> this is where she took down barriers. She talked about race and yeah, sexism and classism and nudity. She, she was going for it. She was. This was going to be her magnum opus. Pride and Prejudice wasn't going to have anything on Sanditon. <laughs> and then she mysteriously died. I... Okay, so we've talked okay. in the past. <laughs> you're like, you've got Where your consp- is this going? You're like, you've got your conspiracy face on, and you're right. Because we've talked in the past how it's like not really known how Jane Austen died. Right. It seemed like she was sort of like slowly but surely getting sick. There are theories that like the lead in her glasses might have slowly poisoned her. Mm-hmm. What if? Some gentleman got word that she was drafting a salacious novel. And he was like, I must put a stop to this. So she was like poisoned. We don't know. I I think there are different theories out there of how either if she was like killed or how she died. Mm -hmm. Um, She was assassinated. (laughs) (laughs) Very slowly. Yep. I'll just leave those theories there. (laughs) Yeah. We're just going to leave it here. Email us with your thoughts, opinions. <laughs> you know, I'd like to hear from you. We'll dive into this mystery. Till then, stay tuned.